Doug Garland here. We're going to continue our study of the tall poppy syndrome. We have a very illustrious case report today. It is uh, with Katie Hill, the California House of Representative who has recently resigned her post. Uh, we're going to go through um, the background of her election, the background of Katie herself, a little bit of her husband, then the actual cut, um, and then the aftermath of the cut. And we're going to pay particular attention to if Katie's a tall poppy, which I have to tell you she is. She's a very attractive, articulate person, and it's very hard not to like her. Uh, in the case of the cutting, it's going to be her husband, Kenny Heslip. Kenny will be the prime cutter, but in many instances, secondary cutters come into play. And of course, in this case, we'll have the secondary cutters be the Red State blog, which is a conservative blog. It will be followed up by the Daily Mail Dot com, which is a London-based newspaper. The actual newspaper itself is the third, just third largest one in England. Katie will actually be cut down. Uh, we'll then talk about the consequences of her cutting. And then finally, if there is, is any schadenfreude involved and who's enjoying the schadenfreude, because some people will be very empathetic to Katie, and there will be some, unfortunately, who will feel a little schadenfreude. So the midterm elections occurred on November 6th of 2018. If you remember, Donald Trump was elected president in 16, and the Democratic base has never gotten over his election. So the midterm elections will be their chance for some type of revenge. There were 35 Senate seats contested, contested in that election and all, all 435 representative seats. The Democrats needed 25 seats to obtain a majority in the House. They would end up with 41 seats. They would end up with um, the first bisexual senator, and they would end up with a bisexual representative, who would be Katie. They would also end with 20 millennials. One of the 20 millennials would also be Katie. There were 20 millennials elected to the House of Representatives. One of those representatives was Katie Hill. Katie Hill is now 32 years old. She was born in 1987. She lives in northern LA. Uh, it's in the area that is part of LA County. It's in an area called Agua Dulce. It's a town of about 3,300 people. Her father was a policeman and her mother was an RN. She graduated from Cal State. She had a degree in English and a master's in public administration. She immediately began to work for PATH, which stands for People Assisting the Homeless. 
She started at the bottom and became the executive director of one of the largest nonprofit providers for the homeless in California. She helped pass Measure H in 2017. This was a bill for $1.2 billion in funds for L.A. County for the homeless. While she was working on this measure, a friend suggested that she should run for government office. She thought about it, and the next year, tossed her head in the ring for the representative in the 25th district from California. She came out as a bisexual right after she graduated from high school. She was married in 2010 to Kenny Heslip, the first marriage for both. They have no children. Kenny was an artist. They had a farm in Agua Dulce. They raised rescue animals on the farm. On March 18, 2017, she became a candidate for the U.S. House of Representatives. She ran against incumbent Steve Knight, who was a Republican. He held that position since 2014. Hillary carried that county by 7% in the 2016 election. Steve Knight is sort of important to the story because Steve's father passed the bill in California in 2000 for the single marriage. That bill would eventually be overturned. We would have a constitutional proposition where it would be reinstated. Then it would be struck down again. Knight won the original primary. There were five Democrats and Katie came in second. That meant the two of them would face a runoff. She would beat Knight in the runoff 54 to 46%. She was a very well-received candidate. She received a documentary on HBO, Vice News Tonight. They claimed she had the best millennial campaign for Congress of any other people, any other millennials. President Obama himself uh, endorsed her and went to one of her events. For the most part, Katie's very progressive. She voted for Medicare for All. She was a little conservative, probably because of the county she comes from and from her father. She is okay with gun rights. She raised over a million dollars by grassroots only. She did not take uh, money from corporations. When she came into Congress, she was elected one of the two freshman class representatives. She was very popular with the California delegations. Nancy Pelosi placed her on three committees. Uh, she also was a membership of three ca caucuses. So her life has changed dramatically. I would say after all the above, that she is in fact a public figure and she has to learn how to live her lifestyle a little differently than the person who grew up in a small town. She is going to be held to a different standards, especially integrity, trust, and dignity. Kenny Heslop, her husband, is four years older. They were married shortly after she graduated from college. 
She immediately went to work for PATH. Kinney was an artist by trade, and I'm not certain what that means exactly. He had no special education or training. He himself began to work for PATH in 2011, and he continued to work until 2014. Since that period of time, he has been essentially been a stay-at-home, um, most likely taking care of animals and perhaps doing some art. He has not had any income. They were initially married in uh, July of 2010. Now, after nine years, he is seeking divorce. Some of the storyline we will mention as we go through uh, the actual cutting process. 2019, Kenny filed for divorce. He filed for separation because he felt she was having an affair with one of her staffers in her office. He began to leak this in September 17th of 2019. There was a podcast show emanating from Santa Clarita, which is near where they, their home is. He tried to leak some details to the local podcaster. He was not interested. On September 30th, he went back to the same podcaster and told him he had more information. The podcaster still wasn't interested. Finally, on October 10th of 2019, Red State, the conservative blog, published a story stating that Kenny was seeking his, a divorce from his wife because she was romantically involved with the legislative director, Graham Kelly. Katie immediately denied this. Red State did a follow-up article on the 18th of 2019. This time, lurid details came out to include a three-way romance between Katie, Kenny, and one of her campaign staffers in 2017. This campaign staffer was 22 years old, and was right out of college. Also, photographs were published of some of the relationship, although the photos were not that racy. The blog did state that there were racy photographs available, but they felt they shouldn't print them. This triggered an investigation of the Health Ethics Committee on October 23rd of 2019. The House Code of Conduct, which was written in February of 2018, states lawmaker, it prohibits lawmakers from engaging in a sexual relationship with anyone working in their con congressional office or for any committees which they serve. This became problematic for Katie because her husband had accused her of having an affair with this person in her office. Katie had denied this. So we now have the cutter, who is Kenny, and for nothing other than the emotion of jealousy has begun to cut his wife down. Now facilitating this is the Red State blog site. The original complaint is against the health code of conduct. Uh, most of the newspapers aren't reporting but on, in a report on the Committee of Ethics, November 20, 
2018 says inappropriate sexual advances on a campaign staff constituent is a violation of House ethic rules, noting that services as an elected official involves power imbalances that members must be careful not to exploit. That same day, October 23rd, Katie admitted to having the affair with the staffer. She continued to deny the affair with the campaign staffer. She continued to deny the relationship with the staffer in her office. On October the 24th, DailyMail.com produced a a story similar to the two stories from the blog site, but this time also published photos. These photos would include Katie nude with a bog pipe with dark gas in it. She would be uh, in the nude and there would be an iron cross tattooed on her patty line. They would also produce a picture of her nude combing the staff person's hair. There would be other posted photos as well, but this was very harmful. The relationship had actually began between Hill and this person in 17. Eventually, Kenny joined them, and then the relationship ended towards the end of 17. Nancy Pelosi would come out with a statement regarding Hill, stating that some errors in judgment that made her continued service as a member become untenable. We must ensure a climate of integrity and dignity in the House of Congress and in all workplaces. On Sunday, October 27th, 2019, Katie sends a tweet stating that she is resigning from her position in the legislature. She also had a photograph of the resignation letter. On December 28th, she made a video where she began a blame game, blaming the outcome on the misogynist culture that we live in and that she had become a victim as well as a victim of revenge porn. She stated that these images were published by Republican operatives without her consent, and the Capitol Hill police are investigating the matter. She also stated that her abusive husband is determined to humiliate me. So at the present time, we've had a tall poppy, Katie. We've had her husband as the cutter, by the emotion of jealousy of potentially her wife's affair with somebody in her office. Uh, She's actually been cut down. She's lost her job as a House representative. And now we're going to look at the aftermath and how this affects society and how us viewers um, will view this and how our own emotions, judgments become involved and how we pick sides. And then we'll just touch brief, briefly on schadenfreude. 
So one of the big things that comes out of, of this is revenge porn. I think that's going to put this type of cyberbullying on the map. It's um, actually labeled as cyber exploitation. And the definition of revenge porn is angry, jealous, envious, revenge-seeking people who pub publish nude or sexual photos to hu humiliate or damage the person's reputation. And I'd like to point out that uh, for the most part, revenge porn itself is the weapon in cutting down a tall poppy. If once again, their very definition employs the emotions that are usually involved in the tall poppy syndrome, which are anger, jealousy, envious, and revenge. There are actually two states, one California and one uh, Washington, D.C., that have already have revenge porn laws on the books. I suspect that after this, there will be a federal law. The California law states that it forbids sharing when the person distributing the image knows or should know that dis distribution of the image will cause emotional distress and the person depicted, depicted suffers from that, especially stress. Well, that's the Paul tall poppy syndrome right there. The Washington, D.C. statue, and this is actually very interesting, states it forbids both the sharing and the publication of explicit private images when the disclosures is non-consensual and meant to inflict harm. Now, this is the important part of their law. But the disclosure or publication of a sexual image that is made public in the public's interest or including the reporting of an unlawful act. So that in this case, which would probably be the blog site and the London paper, this would be their defense, that this, the publishing of these images uh, were in the interest of the public, and perhaps it was an illicit affair. So if we look at this, there's actual justification of cutting Katie down. Her husband was jealous. That is not justification for cutting down. That is between two people. This now becomes a public interest, and the publication of the pictures actually were perhaps justified. We'll, I'll point this out later when we talk about Al Franken. Uh, he had pictures published as well. And I don't think if those pictures were published, he would have ever been cut down because his was basically a he said, she said. So we have uh, justification now for Katie to be so we see the cases become a little more complex. Uh, firstly, many people would have joined forces with Katie because of a jealous husband. There would have been a lot of empathy for her. The publication of the pictures in this case becomes very central to the cutting procedure itself because now there may be, there's verification and maybe some justification 
for cutting Katie down. This is what happens um, once somebody's cut down and in order to shift the blame from their egregious activity, they take a defense, uh, which usually is they become the victim. And just to show you how this is playing out with Katie, she now has played the victim card. And I'm not picking sides, I'm just saying the mechanics of what happens in these situations. She's now blame, blaming cyberbullying, and I agree uh, there is probably cyberbullying here. So she does have an argument. The most ironic thing is the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement was mostly directed against men. The laws um, that she broke were actually directed against men. That's why they were made in the House of Representatives to begin with. And to a certain extent, that is also now what has cut her down. Movements themselves are right with the government in America as being our biggest cutters of tall poppies. We're not talking now about deservingness, uh, justification, it's just a statement. Movements are mostly emotional responses by people, perhaps except for leadership who is directing the movement, but the movement itself, for the most part, will be very emotional with very little cortical input from the brain. This case also involves feminism, it involves politics, it involves conflict, it involves jealousy, it involves sexism or misogyny. Uh, to a certain extent, it um, also belongs to, I think, kind of two movements, a believe woman movement and a guilt by accusation movement. I think we'll hear more from these along with the cyberbullying. Now I would like to compare her case uh, briefly to uh, what's out there in the government. There was actually the governor of Louisiana was photographed stiff kissing a staffer a couple of years ago. Uh, he didn't get kicked out of office because it was very early in the Me Too movement, but he was voted out of his office during the next election. The most similar case is Senator Al Franken from Minnesota. While he was senator, a person who he kissed in 2006 complained about that kiss. She was a conservative, conservative radio host. Seven more instances of inappropriate behavior, touching or kissing came to the surface. There was a huge uproar. There was also a photograph on a tour to servicement entertainment where this person was a female person was asleep and Senator Franken was standing over her with his hand above her breast. This also, I think, became the flashpoint and to a certain extent was revenge porn. Without this, it would have been simple. He said, she said, without a word picture. Within three weeks, he resigned his post as a Democratic senator. There were three dozen senators that demanded his resignation. He was the first senator expelled since the Civil War. 
There have now been seven senators recant their decision to force his resignation. Like Katie, he immediately came out as a victim, and perhaps he was of the Me Too movement. Lastly, I'd like to discuss, discuss schadenfreude. Schadenfreude means joy-pain. It's two words. It's German. Germans frequently do this. They'll combine three nouns and give a new meaning. So it's a combination of one, joy, of two, pain. And it means joy from someone else's troubles, failures, or humiliation. A simple example of schadenfreude would be seeing someone pass you or cut you off while you're driving the freeway, and they would be in a very expensive car. And within a few minutes, you would either see that car in a little crash, or you would see a patrolman pulling them over. As you drove by, you would feel schadenfreude. Schadenfreude not, need not be necessary to complete the tall poppy syndrome, but in the case of Miss Hill, there will be some schadenfreude felt by some people, particularly on the political side where the Republicans have now a chance to win back the seat that they lost in 2018. Thank you.